from the world famous city of New Orleans, it's the Black and Blue Report. Starring Sean Kelly, producer Dan, D-Dub in the Black and Blue Orchestra, yeah. and the Benchwarmers. Today's special guests include the New Orleans Saints, the New Orleans Pelicans, and whoever else we could get to stop by. Online and worldwide, it's the Black and Blue Report. Live, sort of, from Studio B, here's Sean Kelly. How goes it? Welcome into the Wednesday edition of the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. I'm Sean Kelly, and I hope this finds you well here on a sunny but cool Wednesday in New Orleans. The Pelicans are home tonight and get set to take on the Houston Rockets at 7 o'clock. We're hoping that the Pelicans can end a losing streak here against a division rival in the, in the New Orleans arena. And there are tickets available tonight, so maybe you can come on out and help the team over the hump. Short-handed again tonight, more on that in a moment. But because basketball is here tonight, and we're kind of in the middle of the week uh, between the football games, we're basketball heavy to say the least today. Good show, though. Uh, Wednesday is also known as uh, Wesley Day around these parts, and so David Wesley will stop by today. I go one-on-one with Eric Gordon about tonight's ball game and his Indiana Hoosiers and social media, too. A very nice visit with Eric after a shoot-around this morning that I want to share with you. And then we'll check in with the Houston Rockets themselves. The voice of the Rockets, Craig Ackerman, joins us on today's Black and Blue Report. All right, so last game, the Pelicans lost their sixth straight, uh, six-point loss to the San Antonio Spurs, but made a uh, made quite an effort out of it, even without Drew Holiday, Ryan Anderson, an ailing Eric Gordon, and Tyreek Evans, who was out uh, with an ankle injury. Uh, Evans uh, spoke to the media this morning after shoot-around. That ankle injury will keep him out tonight as well. Here's more now from Tyreek Evans' visit with the assembled media at the arena this morning. It's been a better uh, treatment, um, working with Ish and at home, using the game ready. So you know, I think I'm going to try to shoot for Saturday. It's frustrating. I mean, um, that's the first time I ever turned the same ankle twice in uh, one year. So, you know, um, like I said, I think I kind of like rushed the, the first one back and I started playing on it and, you know, and just a little bit of um, cleaning up me to be due in there. So uh, treatment on the way to go and uh, try to get it right and, uh, you know, when to come back, you know, healthy. All right, so no Evans, I guess, until maybe Saturday. That's when the Golden State Warriors come to town. So maybe play as hard as they did on Monday tonight and get this losing streak behind us here against the Houston Rockets. Basketball heavy on Black and Blue Report today. Stay tuned. David Wesley is next, then Eric Gordon, and then finally Craig Ackerman on this Wednesday edition. Your mission, win your share of up to $3 million in free play and prizes. M-Life presents License to Thrill, only at Beau Rivage. You could win a trip to London, even a new Mercedes E350. Drawings every Thursday and Saturday. Up to 800 winners. So play for the thrill. License to Thrill. You belong at the Bow. CM Life Desk for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-888-777-9696. 
The Pelicans Valentine's three-game flex pack presented by Woodhouse Day Spa is a great gift for the basketball lover in your life. This limited-time offer includes two tickets to any three games of your choice on the Pelicans schedule, including matchups against the Clippers, Thunder, and Heat. Packages start as low as $54, plus the first 200 packs purchased will include a $25 gift card to Woodhouse Day Spa. So call 504-525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to get your Valentine's three-game flex pack today. It's Pelicans game day. This is the Black and Blue Report. Eric Gordon still to come as we get ready for Pelicans and Rockets here tonight, but it is Wesley Day. You may know it, you may know yes. it as Wednesday, Wesley uh, but Wednesday. Wesley Day is back on track. David Wesley uh, getting set tonight for his call with Joel Myers on Fox Sports New Orleans. And the homestand continues with the Rockets tonight. Uh, shoot around this morning. Anything stand out to you, sir? Uh, not really. I think... Business as usual, them going through um, scouting report and trying to figure out how to best attack uh, this Rocket team that's good scoring team, a lot of weapons, um, a lot of good pieces. Another tough matchup. Six straight losses for the Pelicans. What was the worst losing streak you had as a player? Well, I was on a 15 and bazillion uh, year uh, with the Boston Celtics. So that is about as miserable as it gets. I'm sure we lost. Uh, there was also the year that I was traded. wasn't my fault. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't my fault. But I was traded the year that uh, New Orleans was on a 2-20 situation yeah. going yeah. on. So... And I think that turned out to be a 13 or 14 win season 18. as well. 18. But I'll okay. never forget it. Thank right. you. Okay. Well, Thank you. I, was, I didn't get all of that, but yes, it wasn't good. What did you do? Um, and I know every player is different. Did you do anything? Did you change up anything whenever things weren't going well like that? Uh, as a matter of fact, no. Uh, you know, the 15 win season uh, in Boston, I was still trying to establish myself. So every night I was thinking we were trying to win. I, I found out many years later, even in articles later, that that was a situation where we were trying to get in the lottery and wins didn't mean as much, but I took it as an opportunity. We had a lot of guys hurt. There was one game, you have to have eight guys suited up to play, and we had eight guys in uniform, but one guy was not going to play. He was just in uniform. It's interesting. Uh, So now, I guess before I move on, so now as a broadcaster, you won't do anything different. You won't, like, change up your wristwatch tonight or anything like that, trying to Get a little different mojo working. You're not I, you that know, kind of guy. I'm not superstitious yeah. at all. You know, I, I I was routine, but not superstitious. Okay, fair enough. Um, the other night, I had a fan come up to me. This was somewhat disturbing, but I, I, I guess I get it. When they found out that Tyreek Evans was going to be out with the ankle, that Eric Gordon wasn't feeling well, Anderson's news came down that day about two months, and Holiday remained sidelined. With a 29-win San Antonio team coming in, they thought, oh, geez, this is going to be like a 20-some point loss. And I, I said, no, you know, I guess I'd been around long enough to know that don't, don't even try to predict what's going to happen. And sure enough, the Pelicans played well enough that they were in a position, especially in the second half, to kind of maybe carry it through, ended up only losing by six. What was it about the game on Monday against San Antonio that seemingly went off script? went away from what on paper would look like a blowout situation. Well, th- that's the one thing that 
for me over the last year and year and a half has has been fun to uh to watch is how consistent they are with playing hard they may not play smart all the time they may not do all the right things two games now down the stretch they've made some costly turnovers that that have cost them uh, at least an opportunity to, to win but they come out and play hard and anytime you play hard and aggressive and uh, at least with the confidence that you can win you at least have a chance and um, these 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 last two games while they've been losses have been some of their better games of the year because uh, they played so hard and and they played almost with that they played what I thought was some confidence that they could win and that that's important Alexia Jens has been now with us for a, a little bit of time. Have you seen enough to have a take on on what he is and what he can be? I, I think if if he can get his motor to be consistent, it's the same thing I would say about Al Farouk Aminu. If he can get his motor to be a consistent level of go get it, he could he could really work his way back into this league and 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 going to make a nice career out of it. Uh, his skill level is there. He can shoot the basketball. He's long-armed, athletic, uh, moves well, can catch the ball. All the things that you want your big to do uh, can get in there and defend, change some shots. Uh, I think the one thing that, that hasn't quite got there is just bringing it every night, challenging every shot, not most of them, every one of them, uh, and play um, – like he has 17 fouls and not just six. Out of the Pelican bigs, Ajinsa included, um, who's best suited to guard Dwight Howard tonight against the Rockets? That's, that's, that's really tough. I think you, you, uh, I think you probably go with Jason Smith uh, in there. Um, certainly, Ajinsa would have to, to guard him some. I don't think any of the bigs on this team or any bigs around the not too many bigs around this league can guard him one-on-one it's going to take a collective effort changing looks double team no double team double on the uh, catch double on the bounce just kind of mix up his looks and try and confuse him just a little bit give him something to think about especially with the guards dig, digging down to, to just make him think about it maybe make some mistakes let me go back to the Dallas game for a moment because um I don't know if folks watched the broadcast or not. That might have been the most animated I've ever heard you mm. on a call. The no call at Austin Rivers' half yes. three-point attempt at the end of the game. Um, you, you've seemingly now been able to bring out your personality and let some emotions flow a little bit. That's, that, was, that was a frustration <laughs> rising to the top right there. And, uh, you know, I know the officials have a difficult job. But when some of the calls, uh, quite a few of the calls in that game – after watching it on replay, and we have the luxury of replay, mm-hmm. I get that. They were what they thought happened, uh, what they assumed was contact that wasn't. And then you take the call of the night, the one where you can put a guy on a free throw line and give him at least the chance to tie it and send it into overtime. They don't make the call. And it was, it was, it was not one of those calls where you couldn't really tell. Well, you got kind of – grazed on the elbow that was a blatant cross two arms not any ball and almost pulled him to the ground and there was a no call and yeah I'd had enough yeah Yeah. uh, where I'm going with this is this the NBA came out on Sunday and said that the call 
the no call was wrong that Austin should have been awarded three free throws uh, at the end of the uh, at the end of regulation there a chance to tie are you in favor of the NBA doing that because it's happened now on a couple of occasions under Rod Thorne um, of kind of coming clean and saying hey that was screwed up yesterday is it are you in favor of that and is it enough my uh, take on that was as frustrated as I was and irritated about the call, getting on the plane and hearing uh, some some of us in the back talking about will they make this call or will they admit that they were wrong upset me just as much. I, I got tired of hearing about it because, no, I don't care if they do. And, and it's good for the people who care. It's good for – I don't care because it does no good. It does no good for anybody. It makes the refs look even worse, and it doesn't help the Pelicans because the game is over. They can't go back. If there's, if there's not anything you can do during the game. So if a call is made and missed that bad during a game and they can't go back and go, we missed it, it was a foul because it's in the last 10 seconds or the last two minutes or the last play of the game, Sure, I do it then. If you can't do anything, uh, move on. All right. We all know it's a bad call. Um, the uh, Pelicans will play a team tonight in Houston that has attempted just over 400 more free-throw mm-hmm. attempts on the season than the Pelicans have. Now, you and I are walking a fine line here without getting in trouble with the league office, but let me ask you this question about free-throw attempts and just take the Pelicans for a moment. Um, how, how do I do this without getting fined? Um, let me just ask you this. How much of the the blame for not having a higher number of free throw attempts falls on the Pelicans themselves for their style of play? Let me let me stay away from the officiating because that's there's nothing we should probably talk about with that. But as far as controlling your ability to get the line, how do the Pelicans fare in that sense? Do you know where I'm going with this? Yeah. Okay. Well, first of all, I think getting to the free throw line has a lot to do with reputation, style of play. With so many young players who have no real reputation, not been around the league long enough, I think that hurts. And style of play, while Tyreek's a driver, he'll get to the free throw line some, still young. While Eric Gordon's style of play should get him more free throws, it doesn't. He's big body. He doesn't fall off the path as much as somebody smaller. Um, So – he doesn't get as many free throws as he should. Um, and, I, and I think that's kind of where it lies. Other than that, we have a, quite a few jump shooting perimeter kind of players. Um, and, oh, Rivers is a driver, uh, but no reputation mm-hmm. for, for that kind of thing. And I, I think officials just don't give them those calls because they're young guys who don't have that reputation. David Wesley from Fox Sports New Orleans with us here on the Black and Blue Report. One more thing before I let you go. Um, we're running short on time, but I'll just ask you for one succinct thing that the Pelicans must do tonight in order to end this losing streak and beat the Rockets. I'm going to say play hard for 48 minutes. Last two games, that's given them a chance. Not being cliche there. No, 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 no. no. They've struggled going up and down, scoring. Uh, full 48 minutes just that intensity for 48. Okay. Well, that was probably part of the reason why they lost on Monday to San Antonio. There was one four-minute stretch at the end of the third that proved fatal in Certainly. that ballgame. Yeah. So, have a great call tonight. Thank you. And, Thank uh, you. you know, I know you're not superstitious, but maybe just humor me and try something different tonight. Maybe wear a bow tie? I, I am. 
I know, I know. That'd be different for me though. I've never wore one. Don't even own one. Give it. Well, then that's a problem. Yeah, that could be a problem. But switch something up. Switch something. We got to get okay. this done. All right. All right. Maybe okay. I'll wear a black shoe and a brown shoe. <laughs> Let's not go crazy. Oh, sorry, sorry. Pelicans and Rockets tonight. Our conversation about the ball game and the Pelicans continues with Eric Gordon right after this. Hey there. What you having? Um, what kind of specials do you have today? Well, tonight we're doing $2 benzene and tonics, $4 lemon arsenics, and $5 beryllium bombs. Wait, What? Those don't sound like drinks. They sound like types of poison. Well, it's a fine line. Besides, this is a smoky bar. What do you think we're all breathing in right now? Uh, I don't know. Nicotine? Listen, I'm gonna hook you up. You're not really living until you've had a formaldehyde martini. Yeah, I'm going home. Secondhand smoke does more than just stink. It costs Louisiana thousands of lives and contains dozens of harmful chemicals that lead to things like emphysema, heart disease, and lung cancer. Learn what's being done to protect all Louisianans in bars and gaming facilities at letsbetotallyclear.org. Chicks dig the long ball. Gordon, right of the key, crossover dribble to the top of the key, shoots off the glass and in! He was fouled and it's a possible three-point play. Now, back to the Black and Blue Report. Pelicans are getting ready for the Rockets tonight here at New Orleans Arena. The Black and Blue Report continues with Eric Gordon. I'm, I'm hoping that Greg Steamsma uh, brought you free breakfast or something after Indiana upset third-ranked Wisconsin last night. Well, yeah, well, you know, there, there's always uh, a bet that goes into it when you, when you, you know, when your college teams, uh, you know, whoever wins. But you know, I, I had a, I, I, he did his good deed. I'm assuming you watched the game last night. Oh yeah, for sure, it was a good game, and uh, you know, we haven't beat Wisconsin in a long time, so it, it was good to get that win. You know, Twitter brings a new level to the uh, the, the trash talking, I guess, that can go on uh, amongst alumni. How heated did it get with Greg last night? Well, it didn't get too heated, but the thing was I, I wanted to take that challenge because I thought, in, you know, them coming to Indiana, you know, in the Big Ten, the home team always normally wins. And, uh, you know, back when I was playing, we didn't get a chance to beat uh, Wisconsin when I was playing. So it was, it, I thought it, that would be the best chance. Eric, do you like social media? Do you like Twitter? Um, I, it's cool. It, it can be good, and sometimes it can be bad. You know, uh, you know, for for us athletes, we just like to post, you know, whatever we're doing, and you, then you got fans that might say anything. So uh, that's that's the you know that's the challenge, just to listen to anything a fan says. How many followers do you have? Uh, somewhere around 140, 150 around there, 150,000. So. Uh, you got a lot of got a lot of people saying different things. Do you do you keep track of your teammates and how many followers do they have? Does that become a topic of conversation? No, not really, not necessarily. You know, you always think. Uh, I know Austin has a lot and AD has a lot, and uh, but uh, you know, uh, you know, it's you know, it just comes with the priority. I got to make sure I get this right. It's it's at the official EG10, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. What deserves a retweet in your eyes? When you have that many followers and, and folks who are kind of clamoring for your attention, uh, what in your eyes deserves a retweet? Um, I don't know. You, you have so many things that you can retweet. You know, uh, I know I see. I know I get a lot of mentions and retweets during a during a game, but uh, I only see that after the game. But uh, you know, it's it's always good to be retweeted and followed upon. All right. Were you not feeling well the other night? Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't feeling well at all. You know, I was. You know, I, the coach knew and. 
everybody on the team do. I, I just wasn't feeling well. It was hard for me to even play and run up and down. That's why I did, you know, most of my work in the first quarter. And after that, I just just felt so tired and messed up. Yeah, I, I, I get the feeling that we're in that stretch now where everybody's got something. And I'm not talking about just basketball. I'm talking about around the country yeah. uh, when it comes to not feeling real well right now. How is you as a player when this this has got to be your kind of your prime time? Is there anything you can do to fend it off? Well, yeah, I'm going to fend it off tonight. You know, I feel a lot, a lot better now. And, uh, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, I, I get back to doing what I've been doing, being aggressive, taking tasks in the basket. And I, and I really do look forward to doing that tonight. What's the Gordon family secret? Is it extra orange juice? Is it what? <laughs> well, yeah, just, you know, definitely a lot of orange juice, you know, load up on vitamins a little bit. But, uh, you know, just 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 got to prepare yourself, and I'm just going to prepare myself for the game tonight. Houston's one of the highest-scoring teams in the NBA. What makes them so prolific at scoring the basketball? Good three-point shooting team. They drive, and you don't want to let it, let them get into the paint, and, uh, and then you got Dwight Howard in the middle. So, uh, you know, as long as we uh, slow down Dwight Howard and harden off pick and rolls, I think we'll, we'll have a, definitely a good chance tonight. Do you get hardened defensively? Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll probably guard each other a lot tonight, and uh, definitely towards late game. So, uh, you know, me and him, we, we, we definitely go at it all the time. What moves does he have that you're quite well aware of that you can maybe try and at least anticipate? Well, yeah, when he loves to go left, he loves to go to the basket. You know, he loves to go to the basket going left and going right. He, he likes that. Uh, he likes to step back. So, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm pretty familiar for this game. Been playing against him since middle school. You almost snapped the losing streak the other night against San Antonio. It's tonight the night. Yeah, yeah, I think we have a good chance. You know, we, we, knew, we know we're going to start getting some wins here soon. You know, it's just all about uh, us getting a feel for each other. Good stuff as always. Good luck tonight. Right, Eric Gordon with us here on the Black and Blue Report. More on today's program this Wednesday. Just a moment. NBA All-Star 2014 is coming to New Orleans with an exciting lineup. The BBVA Compass Rising Stars challenges your ticket to see the NBA's newest stars. On Friday, February 14th, the New Orleans Arena will play host as the rookies and sophomores team up to battle for bragging rights and make a name for themselves in the Big Easy. Tickets are on sale now through NBAevents.com for as low as $10. BBVA Compass Rising Stars Challenge. Your ticket to see the NBA's newest stars. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. Punt, pass, kick, and dunk. Lob to the rim, alley-oop dunk, Anthony Davis. This is the Black and Blue Report. Well, the Houston Rockets roll into New Orleans tonight with a record of 25-14. and 14. Uh, They are wrapping up a road trip as well. They've won two or three so far on the road, but this is the end of a four-game road trip for the Rockets before they go home for a nice long homestand. The voice of the Rockets, Craig Ackerman, is our guest here on the Black and Blue Report this morning. Greg, uh, good morning. How has the road trip treated you so far? Uh, I'm a little tired, ready to go home, but uh, after a, a disappointing loss in Atlanta, a rain delay, two rain delays in D.C., 
And then a uh, pretty good win the other night in Boston Rockets, hoping to uh, win their third consecutive road game, which would be a season best before they have to face uh, OKC tomorrow night at home. So uh, hopefully the fellas can uh, put the wraps on this road trip with the W and then get ready for tomorrow night's game against the Thunder because they owe them one. They got beat by 31 in their gym a couple of weeks ago. So uh, I guess first things first, though, they want to wrap up this road trip 3-1. and one. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, it's, always, it's always difficult to end the road trip that last game. It's a mental challenge, to say the least. But... Here, at least, you're closer to home. You're, you're, this, this is one of those NBA road trips that actually makes some sense as far as <laughs> making your way back toward home and stopping along the way. Uh, yes, yes. Even though it was a, an extremely long flight and very late night, Tuesday on into, uh, well, Monday on into uh, Tuesday morning when we flew four hours after the game from Boston down here. I didn't go to bed till about five, um, but uh, still beats working for 11, so I'm not going to complain. Uh, too loudly, but the guys got a workout in here in New Orleans yesterday, and uh, they got Chandler Parsons back against the Celtics. Hopefully, uh, Pat Beverly's not too far behind when we get home, as you mentioned, for that five-game homestand coming up, and uh, they, you know they can get most of their pieces back, uh, which has been an issue, not quite the issue that the Pelicans have suffered in terms of catastrophic injuries, but the Rockets had their fair share, and uh, I think that's one of the reasons why this team still feels like they can get to another level or two. Yeah, let me ask you about that. I, I, before I get to the rain delay in Washington, uh, the, the injury <laughs> situation with Houston, um, even at 25 and 14, I don't think we've seen the full, the full uh, brunt of what Houston can do to teams because of those injuries. So how have they, how have they accomplished 25 wins and, and in the thick of the uh, home-seeded situation in the Western Conference so far? I mean, they've lost, uh, you know, they've lost, this team has lost five, six, seven games, honestly, against teams. I mean, it happens to everybody during the course of the year that you felt like they should be favored to win, but they did not. Uh, and consistency has been the main issue of what the injuries have caused because I don't think they've had their top eight or nine guys all together um, at once, but maybe for two or three games uh, this year. One guy comes back, another guy gets hurt. And so what it's done is, They've sort of had to, you know, piecemeal their rotations together. I mean, uh, Jeremy Lin is out, and, and thank, thank goodness Aaron Brooks is on this roster as the team's third point guard. It's a luxury that many teams in the end of the day uh, don't have, so he's really helped there as Jeremy Lin's been starting since uh, Pat Beverly's been out. Uh, but they have had to, uh, you know, sort of jostle the rotation there. Parsons has missed some time with, with some knee and back problems this year, and so they've had to play different players uh, at the three. Harden. Uh, has missed some time with a, with a bad ankle and, and, and foot, and so they've had to, again, uh, play some different lineups there. Omer Oshik has been out for quite some time with what initially was a thigh and is now a knee injury, and then Greg Smith has basically been out for most of the year with reoccurring knee problems, and so they've had to figure out how they needed to back up Dwight. But it's, it's a testament to the depth of the team. They've been more than more than able to – they've been, they've been uh, better in terms of keeping their heads afloat. Um, with, with all the various uh, injuries. But they, they want their lineup. They want their rotations consistent where roles are defined. Guys know what they're doing. I think Jeremy Lin coming off the bench immensely helps guys like Caspi and, and Garcia get open looks uh, at threes. And uh, once Pat comes back and then hopefully Omer Ashik is not too far behind, uh, they can get their, their top eight, their top ten together and, and, and put together uh, some lengthy winning streaks that we really haven't seen so far this season. Craig Ackerman, radio voice of the Rockets, our guest here on the Black and Blue Report. The Rockets have averaged uh, a league-high 31.7 free-throw attempts per game. Craig, you even had a game where you had 50 attempts. Uh, are your broadcasts lasting like four hours every night with these numbers? <laughs> they, they take some time, especially when coaches go to the uh, 
the Hackett Howard strategy. We've, we've only seen that twice, though, I believe, in the last six weeks because Dwight's free throws and his free throw percentage have increased um, quite a bit since the first month or six weeks of the season. He was shooting below 50% at the line for the first month or so like he did the previous couple of years, and then he went through a stretch of a month to six weeks where he was shooting it at about 60% at the line, and so coaches just stopped intentionally fouling him because when you shoot that kind of a percentage at the line, while it's no great shakes, uh, it's still enough to deter opposing coaches from fouling him uh, as much as they tend to do. Uh, but his free throw percentage in the last couple of weeks has since now gone back down, and so we've seen a couple of occurrences of that, and that's the primary reason, reason why the Rockets get to the line so much. That and the fact that James Harden also lives at the stripe. And uh, So, yes, our games at times tend to uh, last longer uh, than most because of Howard and uh, Harden and all the free throw attempts that they get up every game. It's your first season with Dwight Howard. Unquestioned talent, questionable drive, and toughness over the years. Has he changed in your eyes this year? What's your take? Uh, well, I, I would, in part, disagree with with the drive. Now, I will say, as an outsider, the the last year and a half in Orlando, in regards to Dwight, was a circus, and I think he has admitted as much that all the blame laid on him as it should have. That was sort of a Dwight Howard induced problem. Everything that happened last year in Los Angeles. From, from now, from what I know from Dwight personally being as a Rocket, that seemed, a, that seemed to be, to me at least, I know the team really struggled and they had chemistry problems, but in terms of the overall um, hit to his um, persona, hit to his reputation, to me that seems, again, from what I've seen from him as a Rocket, seemed to have been a media-driven issue. Dwight has been incredible as a Houston Rocket. Uh, he seems genuinely happy. He loves the coaching staff, really likes Kevin McHale, likes his teammates, likes living in Houston, really enjoys playing for the Rockets. He seems to be 100% happy. And all of the stories that everybody heard from the outside over the last the previous two and a half years, I have not seen that one iota. He is a leader in the Rockets locker room. Um, and he is absolutely, to me, driven to win. He, without question, likes to have a good time and is still a little bit of a little kid at heart, but I don't personally see any problem with that. He's having fun. He's playing basketball for a living, um, but he does get serious uh, when it's needed, and this is also a very young team, and so he fits right in with the rest of the young guys, and And uh, it was great to have him uh, watch him play one-on-one with a 10-year-old kid during one of those rain delays in D.C. I think Dwight's great for the game, and again, so far in his brief time in Houston, the, the, the reputation that he had coming in, uh, I have seen none of that as a rocket. Okay, good, good. Um, geographically, the Rockets and the, uh, and the Pelicans are very close to each other. I guess we could lump Memphis into that category with New Orleans as well. Um, and the reason I bring this up is I'm wondering about rivalries and what your opinion is on this. I wouldn't say that the Rockets and Pelicans are rivals, although they're in the same division and there is such close proximity, but I don't sense a rivalry per se between the Rockets and the Pelicans. But for that matter, and, and please disagree with me if I'm wrong, but I, I just... I see a certain lack of rivalries altogether in the NBA now. I, I just I can't find that these two teams just hate each other or these fan bases fill up the buildings just to see that other team. It just it, it's just not there in our league, and I'm and I'm curious as to whether you agree and and perhaps why that is. I know I absolutely I do absolutely agree. I, I there is no rivalry between uh, Houston 
and New Orleans, Houston and Memphis. I think there's a little bit of a one-sided rivalry from the Rockets' perspective, from their fan perspective between them and San Antonio, but I don't think the Spurs would consider the Rockets in the last 15 years to be a rival. Now, back when Elijah won, and, uh, and, uh, and David Robinson were playing, I think there was definitely a two-sided rivalry there. I think that's a little bit more one-sided in terms of the Southwest Division. I think the Rockets do have a bit of a rivalry with Dallas, but I think that's more of a uh, Houston versus Dallas thing. You, know, you see it with the Texans and the Cowboys, uh, maybe to a lesser extent with the Astros and the Rangers, but I think that's more of a, of a Houston-Dallas thing with Dallas being more of a, a Cosmo city and, and Houston being a bit more of a, a blue-collar town. Um, the Rockets' biggest rivalry, I think, over the years, at least since I've been following the NBA, had been with Utah. But I don't think there's much of a rivalry rivalry there with the Jazz much anymore because all the principal pieces in Utah that everyone in Houston hated, Jerry Sloan, Stockton, Malone, in that initial group, they're gone. And then the secondary group with the flopping Andre Kirilenko and Williams and Boozer, none of those guys are there. And so there's not, that rivalry has fizzled. Um, I would agree. I, I think that there are – are, are a few uh, here and there um, in LA. I imagine the Clippers. That's more of a one-sided rivalry with the with the Lakers. Um, I think the Rockets had a little bit of something going with Minnesota over the last year or two, but that's kind of fizzled a little bit. But uh, yeah, I mean, I guess as I as I think about it, outside of the Rockets, I'm trying to think of. Um, you know, New York, Miami used to have a thing. Yeah, see, it, um, it seems back. like they're all cyclical, but there's never that one that just yeah. has stuck year after year after year. Like, like Rangers, Flyers, Cubs, Cardinals, Saints, Falcons. You know, it, it doesn't even matter who's involved. I mean, you throw Tom, Dick, and Harry out there, and it would still yeah. be a huge rivalry game. And I just, I just, I, I guess I'm yearning for that yeah, in our league. Yeah, the word cyclical is probably appropriate. Yeah. It probably absolutely fits it, yeah. Craig, good to talk to you. Um, I hope that you get something decent to eat while you're in our fair city. Uh, I have. I okay. have. And right. uh, now it's about getting ready for the game and then uh, turning around, working, and then uh, flying. Rockets, before this road trip, only played two games in like ten in a week and a half at home, and then we get to go home for another week and a half or so. So uh, uh, And then back on the road for a long trip. So it hasn't been, hasn't been all that bad, but the Rockets, uh, this is a big game. You know, they've struggled in their division in recent years. Um, the back have been very good this year in the division with six wins. They only had six wins in the Southwest division a year ago. And New Orleans is typically a place, regardless who's playing, for the uh, Hornets slash Pelicans. They've struggled, especially here. Um, and so uh, they need to – and, again, this is a team that has really struggled this year against teams that theoretically, on paper, that they should beat going in. So they can obviously not overlook the Pelicans who are extremely shorthanded without the guys that are not going to play tonight. And so uh, they need to focus and uh, finish up this road trip with a W. Fair enough. I, I mean, I hope that you don't. But that's but that's just because I'm being honest. Obviously, um, that's from your perspective. Yes. But I feel really bad. I feel really bad for you and the organization and all the fans. Uh, Ryan Anderson. I mean, just catastrophic injuries. Obviously, we've had our fair share in Houston over the last handful of years, and the Yahoo and T Mac. But uh, it's never fun when you have your top guys, you know, go out with injuries, and and, and you get so have to sort of uh, pick up the pieces. Uh, from that point, especially in an organization that's had its fair share of injuries with, with Gordon over the last couple of years as well. So uh, I feel bad for you guys, but uh, it, it always gets better. There, there is always a light at the end of the tunnel. So. <laughs> fair <laughs> enough. I appreciate your sentiment there. Uh, your family called. They said, hurry up and get home. There's lots to do at the house. So There is actually lots to do at the house. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. to, I, just, I bought a house a couple of months ago. We, we, we finally have a buyer for our old house, so i got to close on it tomorrow on top of everything else. So. Yes, I do need to get home. All right, congratulations. Craig, as always, I appreciate it, and I'll see you tonight at the arena.
I'll see you. Thank you very much for having me. Craig Ackerman, radio voice of the Houston Rockets. Our guest, the Black and Blue Report, continues in just a moment. Your New Orleans Pelicans take flight on Wednesday, January 15th when the Houston Rockets come to town. Tip-offs at 7 p.m. with the Pelicans' fast pregame block party getting underway at 5.30, featuring live music, the Zataran Season Ticket Garden, and interactive games for the kids. Tickets are available by calling 504-525-HOOP or visiting pelicans.com today. Bud Light presents NFL Fan Dilemmas. Should I put these Bud Lights on your tab? Just supposed to get this round. Whoa, interception! But on my rounds, we play better. It's good luck when I buy Jeff's beers. But I don't want to buy Jeff's beers. He wouldn't even give me gum the other day. What a shocking turn of events. Absolutely everything going right. Yep, my tab. It's only weird if it doesn't work. Bud Light. For the NFL fans who do whatever it takes. Here we go. Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch Bud Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. Want each show delivered right to your iPhone or iPad? Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes by searching Black and Blue Report. Tomorrow's Black and Blue Report is going to be a really good one. We've got a lot of football talk tomorrow. Already uh, set to go for us tomorrow on the Black and Blue Report is Hall of Fame finalist uh, Morton Anderson with us tomorrow. That is going to be a fantastic visit with the NFL's all-time leading scorer. We'll also check in with Benjamin Hockman. He's a columnist with the Denver Post. He'll help us preview uh, this weekend's AFC Championship game between the Broncos and the Patriots. And we'll recap tonight's Pelicans-Rockets game tomorrow as well. All right, broadcast begins on the Pelicans Radio Network tonight at 7 for Pelicans-Rockets live from New Orleans Arena. Television coverage is always on Fox Sports New Orleans with their pregame coverage beginning at 6.30. Our thanks today to David Wesley and Eric Gordon for joining us. Craig Ackerman, too, although we'd like to send him home with a frown as opposed to a smile later on today. Daniel Sowerson's our producer here on the Black and Blue Report. And from our New Orleans Arena studios in New Orleans, Louisiana, I'm Sean Kelly saying so long for just a while. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.